0: Hello and welcome to NCBI Labs. Well, good afternoon everyone, you're very welcome to another NCBI Labs live event which brings us up the live event number 30 in our series. So, this is JP Corkin here, which is today from the Labs team. And I'm standing in for my colleague Jude Maher, who is taking a much deserved break this week, but will be back with us next Tuesday. And I'm joined today by our regular panelists, Sean Doran, Daniel Dunn, and Joe Lanark. So, I hope everyone listening in today is managing to stay safe and well. It's hard to believe that we're now 34 days into lockdown number three, with the latest news telling us that there are current restrictions of level five set to remain in place uh, up until March 5th. And with so this in mind that we thought it would be a good idea to use this week's live event as an opportunity to check out some of the different types of accessible fitness devices that we can use to stay safe and active in the coming weeks ahead, particularly trade these difficult times that we find ourselves in. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. Um, joining us today we have Christina Miller uh, from Vision Sports Ireland and she's going to be telling us about all the different types of supports and services that are available Vision Sports and how we can get involved in some of the virtual fitness sessions and mindfulness sessions too, that are soon going to be running. And after our conversation with Christina, we're going to be joined by triathlete and Vision Sports Ireland member, Donica McCarthy. So Donica is planning to represent Ireland in the triathlon at the Paralympic Games in Tokyo this August. And he's going to be telling us about the different types of accessible fitness devices and apps that he uses in his training and why we might like to consider trying out some of these apps and devices ourselves. Also this week on Meet the Team, we're going to be chatting, chatting with Daniel Dunn from the Lab team who no doubt all our listeners will, will know well from all the previous live events that we've been running. And finally today, we're going to be announcing the winner of our competition for a blind child mobile phone and then Amazon Echo Dot for a generation. So lots of things are coming up on the show today. But to start off, um, as I mentioned a moment ago, joining us today on Meet the Team is someone who no doubt all our listeners will be familiar with because he's been with us right since our very first live event which took place in March last year. As I'm sure anyone who tuned into our live event two weeks ago would agree. If you're ever having any issues with or need any support with your Internet connection, he's definitely the guy you're going to want to contact. So Daniel, thanks so much for joining us today on Meet the Team. <laughs> JP, thanks very much. Um, <laughs> thanks for the little,
1: uh, little title there of the Fix, fix Your Internet <laughs> Guy.
0: <laughs> no, it was, it was good. No, I enjoyed that piece. No, I have to say, you know, my, my own connection has been a bit dodged for the last couple of days, Daniel, so uh, I might be happy to give you a call myself. <laughs> Absolutely, um, yeah. we'll,
1: we'll try and sort <laughs> that one out to you JP. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so just, just to start with Daniel, I wonder could you give us a bit of a, an overview of, you, of yourself? How, how long have you been with us in, in NCBI and, and whereabouts are you usually based? Um, and JP, I,
1: I was shocked actually, you know, I kind of, mm. when you said it would be coming on to meet the team today, I think this was dropped yeah. to me yesterday. <laughs> <And> <laughs>
2: this
1: is, actually, you know, that's one of the questions now that's going to come up is how long am I with the NCBI? And I had to think back and I'm actually here heading towards four years and i just kind of yeah. fathom how quickly yeah. the time has gone oh, Um, you know it's yeah. it's it's been fantastic and i suppose one thing um you'd always find that you know if you're working in a in in a role or doing the type of work that you really like you just don't realize how quickly the time goes so i suppose it's a testament to um ncbi and working for them you know that the time has flown by so quickly but also uh you know the sense that the work I do uh, with all our service users and and interacting with our service users. It's totally enjoyable and yeah. you know it, it. You could not actually wish for, a, you know, a better combination. There's
0: a good, good level of job satisfaction that, that comes with it then Daniel is there, you'll find. Abs- absolutely, yeah, absolutely,
1: and like uh, with all the service users and all the different things that you come across, just, you know, the not- nothing is the same. Um, everybody, everybody you meet has their own personality and um, yeah. You know all the different types of technical issues that come up and the training that you deliver and people learning different styles. You know, and, and it is re- really amazing and and you know totally enjoyable. And you know, while it is challenging, it keeps me on my toes. Keep, keeps yeah. the brain thinking. How can yeah. I solve this? How can I make this easier for yeah. somebody to do? Um,
3: yeah.
1: and, and deliver the training? definitely. Yeah. So, so tr- it's,
0: it's certainly a case in Daniel sense. Like there's no two days that are ever the same in, in your job. Is there? <laughs>
1: Anyway, absolutely yeah.
0: not. <laughs> yeah. That's and and, and Daniel, would you be mostly office space? Are you in, in, in the office mostly? Or are you waiting a bit uh, doing you know, maybe uh, work, work outside the office too? Maybe some home visits or, or different maybe the camps that you're involved in?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's, there's a big flavor of, you know, between office, uh, out in the row, going to events, uh, home visits and all that. Now, primarily, um, I'm based out of the Port Leash office and I also cover um Offley as well. Um mm-hmm. so I go between the two offices a fair bit and you know, work with with Nicola in the Port office, the CRW there and Aileen over in Tullamore. Yep. Big shout out to those two, they're absolutely fantastic work yep. colleagues. And then with the children's teams, we uh, we run, you know, events as I suppose they're kind of Targeted around the times when kids are off school, so like your your February break, your Easter break, uh, summer summer break, and again for the midterm and October. So we try and run events, you know, to capture uh, capture our younger members when you know obviously when they're off school and they've got yes. time. Um. So and yes. and that can take place anywhere in the country. You know, we've been to Limerick, we've been to. Uh, Kildare, Cork, um, Mayo—you know, all all, all all lovely places too, to go visit. So, um, yeah, yeah, definitely very varied.
0: Excellent. Um, what about your your background? So, before NCBI, Daniel, uh, whereabouts whereabouts were you based uh, before you before you came to NCBI?
1: Um, well, where I kind of suppose got into—well, it would have been in, into computers uh, at a mm-hmm. very young age, even before finishing school and all that. But after after school. Um, I would have done a couple of years uh, in League Slip working. it was, I suppose there was no such thing as an apprenticeship in computer building and uh, you know, make it installing software, configuring software, wasn't yeah. if, if you could call it an apprenticeship, and I did that with a company yeah. for for a couple of years. And uh, then in that, that was up in, in Kildare, so it was a bit of a, a track at that time, you know, commuting and all that. So an opportunity came up then in in Leash, which is a lot closer to where I live, yeah. and they were if it was an electrical store, you know, you're very yeah. like your any your high street electrical shops, and um, but mm-hmm. at the time they were getting into open up an, a new computer section, so it was computer sales yeah. and all that, but it did tie in yeah. with other technology, you know, TVs and. As yeah. well, but it was primar- I was put in charge of that, so uh, okay. I, I ran that department there for them for yeah. I don't know, it could mean a decade or so, <laughs> <Yeah>. so <laughs> it's hard to key tabs in the time. But yeah. unfortunately, um, you know, the big recession hit in what it was, I by the time it really took a toll okay. on, on that uh, in 2011, 2012, somewhere yeah. around there. um, You know, unfortunately, they had they closed down their electrical end of it. And um, from then, uh, from then I, I actually worked with another uh, company, but they were involved in kind of refurbishing computers for charity, and a lot of the computers refurbishment out to you know out to Africa and places like that. So that was good, uh, you know, to be doing something uh, yeah. constructive there. And then um, I joined the NCBI there a couple of years ago. So that was that's a quick yes. walkthrough of what i so it's always been close to technology. Yeah. Um, you know, computers and all that, t- close to my heart, so. Um,
0: it, it sounds like there's a huge amount of experience that you would have gained from that previous role, Daniel that you were able to bring into to this new role in, in, in you know, relatively speaking, over, over the last, last few years, particularly when it comes to technical support and people having issues with their laptop and yeah. issues with technology, I'm sure. Absolutely, yeah. Like even even
1: going back to the days when when I was doing the computer department in the electrical shop, like you know you might have, somebody may have bought you know a piece of equipment whether it was a laptop or whatever, you know technology while it's great it, it does it does give guff from time to time and you might have a customer come back in hey look there's something wrong here with the computer yeah. and nine times out of ten I was able to solve it for them there over the counter you know which was yeah. great so I was yeah. keeping up with the technical support end of it as well as the sales.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I understand, Daniel. You mentioned a moment ago you, you're involved in supporting the children's team too, and NCBI. Mm-hmm. You can tell us a bit about that more in, in more detail and, and some of the work that you do there.
1: Yeah, um, well, prior to COVID, we we would have um, we would have went around the, the country to different places, and um, mm-hmm. you know, we'd run as well as what we call camps and working with the CRWs in the children's team. another a great bunch of people there. Okay. Um, we would have ran, I suppose, half of it would have been AT focused and the other half would be kind of getting out and active and being out and yeah. about and they've done all sorts of great, um, yeah. you know, things like, uh, you know, challenges and everything outdoors as well, particularly for the summer ones. So, um, yeah. Planning those, um believe it or not, like there's a good good chunk of time going into it. Um yeah. liaison with, with all the other staff members to make sure that what we want to cover and try and tailor to yeah. the guys we knew yeah. that were going to come. So there's a lot of that in it too, yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, and Daniel, you're also involved in supporting children using different types of refreshable braille displays too, is that right? In different schools. That's correct, yeah. Um that's yeah, that's so correct. Somet- sometimes
1: mm-hmm. we get queries in from in from the schools. Um, you know, you can, the braille the refreshable braille devices are, yeah. you know, they're they're a little bit tricky at times, and um, particularly technical support and those, you know, making sure yeah. we can connect to the internet. Um, you know, if 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 um if a child is after typing up an essay or something wants to print it off, um, being able to you know connect yeah. it, connect to a printer, all those um yeah. kind of things, emails, everything, so plenty of support yeah. there too. Yeah.
0: And, and Daniel, before we finish, is, is there anything in particular that you're working on at the moment?
1: Yeah. Um, well, uh, since the COVID came in, we have we have refocused our training efforts to obviously to try and deliver them online now. So, uh, using this Microsoft Teams app, uh, we set up the workshops and we try and uh, and deliver as much as we can, uh, you know, in, in small groups through Microsoft Teams. So. Uh, over the last couple of months, I suppose really, actually, really, since last August, we've been um, working with groups of, of children. Um, you know, delivering training in Microsoft Word, and PowerPoint, and being able to do email and all that kind of thing. Um, you know, so yeah. we, we do as much as we can. Like, obviously, it's limited uh, virtually, but we will will absolutely push those limitations to what yeah. we can what we yeah. can deliver yeah. there. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's, it's certainly great to have that offering, isn't it? To have everything available online, as much as we can online, whereas when we can't meet in, in person.
1: It, it is and, um, you know, I, w- I, w- I will say is after, you know, k- kind of looking back over those, these last few months uh, throughout the lockdown and how we've delivered our training content online, like it has been very, very successful. feed the feedback um come from both the students and the parents involved has been excellent or you know people are very appreciative that we're we're here we're offering this service um you know and all the feedback has been good and it's been enjoyable um we've done we've done a particular uh group of sessions there at the at 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 august Mm. and in fairness now to the Guys on the children's team, you know, to come in and they say, right, okay, we're going to actually interrupt the class every twenty minutes, and just get get kids up out of the chairs, stretch their arms, yeah. uh, put on yeah. a bit of music, get them to dance to, <laughs> you know, bring a little bit of fun into. It. We still have to, we still have to live and laugh too, you know. I know yes. these are tough times. Yeah. We have to have the laugh and a bit of crack too, because that's that's who we are at the end of the day,
0: you know. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Um well Danielson, thanks very much for taking the time to talk today for the meet the team piece. It's it's much appreciated. Um so I think you're gonna stay with us though for for our section coming yeah. up later on the festival thickness devices. So Daniel, yeah. th- thanks again.
1: Thanks very much, JP. And um you know, you're you're great there. Um I, I was kind of worried about if Jude was here today. <laughs> he might <have laughs> me, might give me a quirky question. but thank you very much.
4: <laughs> No worries.
0: All right. Nice one, Daniel. Thanks again. You're more than welcome. Thanks. Great. So just as a, as a reminder, guys, if anyone has any questions uh, on today's show, as always, you can just post directly to our Q&A panel, or you can send them to labs at ncbi.e, and I'll make sure to get right back to you. So um, as I mentioned earlier, much of the focus of today's show is going to be centered around the different types of accessible fitness devices that range from smartwatches to smart speakers that we can use to help stay active and healthy during these these very challenging times, but before this, we'd like to tell you a little bit about the great supports and services that are available through Vision Sports Ireland, which is aimed at promoting the different types of sport and leisure activities for blind and vision impaired people around the country. And to tell us more about Vision Sports Ireland today, I'm delighted to be joined by Casina Miller. So, Casina, you're very welcome to our live event.
3: Hi, Jackie. How are
0: you? Great, great. Well, thanks a lot for for coming on. Um, heard any time so you. Christina, can you tell us a bit about Vision Sports Ireland and the work they do?
3: Yeah, of course. So Vision Sports is the national governing body for sport for people who are blind or vision impaired. So as an organization, we work with all kinds of people with any level of sight anywhere in Ireland for any sport at any skill level. (laughs) So we cover everything from very basic uh, recreation participation all the way through to we have some of our elite athletes that have attended the Paralympics. People like Donica, who you're going to hear from later on.
0: Yes. In this little day, the the current restrictions that we there are in have been challenging for everyone, but both phys- physically and, and mentally. But I think much more of an impact has been felt by the kind of cyclist community. Uh, what, what do you think about that as well?
3: Oh absolutely, it's definitely something that we've been really focusing on lately. Um, we did a survey back in uh, May of last year, I think when COVID was really starting and the restrictions were, you know, had been in place for a couple of weeks, and we found that 90% of our members who responded stated that their physical activity had been severely impacted and that as a result 50% of them said that their mental health was declining as well. We've actually rerun the survey then now this month and we found very similar results in that 86% are getting less physical activity than normal and 57% of people now are saying that their mental health has been negatively affected. So um, it's it's definitely something that's a big challenge and it's something that we're really looking for always that we can kind of support Mm -hmm. people and make sure everyone's staying healthy and active because physical activity isn't just about physical health, it's also about the mental health side of things
0: absolutely yeah 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 um and just go back to go back to vision sports I wonder could you tell us about some of the different types of sports that people can get involved in through vision sports
3: yeah no worries so vision sports we're kind of um, um, a multi <laughs> multi-prong as we call it mm-hmm. and so there's kind of four main things that we would do as an organization so The first one is we work with people one-to-one within their communities locally. For example, if you lived in Leash and you wanted to get uh, involved and get back into your local gym, or perhaps you've never been to the gym before, or you'd like to try golf, or you'd like to try another sport, you can get in contact with us if you just need a bit of a hand, and we can look and work with um, the local county councils and we can work with our CRWs in the area through NCBI to find you a gym that works for you and a golf club that works for you. The second kind of strand of what we would do is we work with clubs and other national governing bodies in what we call adapted sports. So sports like um, tennis, for example. We work with Enjoy Tennis and Tennis Island, and there's blind and VI tennis then available. And we also have the same for football, and we have swimming classes, and our newest one being hopefully starting in the summer restrictions start to kind of calm down a little bit and will be with the IRFU. We've got a new VI rugby program running. Um, the yeah. third kind of level of it then would be our flagship events. So again, with COVID, um, we're hoping, but you know, every day it's kind of looking a little bit less, but we might be able to postpone it again. We have flagship events like Mayfest and inclusion games and Capabilities. And um, Mayfest is a really great one because it, it it's a bit of a taster event. So you can come along for the weekend and try a load of different sports and it gives you maybe an idea of what you might like to look into later on and, and, and pursue. Mm-hmm. And our fourth kind of strand would be the innovation strand. So it's where we're trying to find solutions to problems. So, for example, with the restrictions, a lot of people when they're running, for example, need require a guide runner. But yeah. the thing with a guide runner is, if they're not living with you by yeah. the government restrictions, you probably shouldn't be within two metres of yeah. them. So we were looking for ways and we worked with our o and team and we, we mm-hmm. developed a new method of running, which we called long cane running. So That's where nice. you would traditionally use a long cane for navigation, we mm-hmm. thought, well, mm-hmm. if you're being guided by someone, someone could take the other end of the cane and it almost becomes like a very long very rigid running tether so we we got some volunteers from Run island it was great and they came along and they helped us and we tried this and and it worked it worked quite well and it meant that people were able to get out and get running in their local area um and and kind of resume that outdoor activity where they perhaps didn't live with a guide or live with someone who who was able to come and exercise with them and obviously with with COVID and stuff we've been looking for other ways to kind of get people involved and remain kind of supported within their community so we've also had a podcast series called nice to meet you yes (laughs) sorry one. (laughs) great (laughs) and so they're available on our youtube channel if anyone's looking for a bit of light entertainment after they've obviously finished the 30 episodes of the labs live events
0: yes excellent (laughs) because just uh, as meeting in groups is, 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 is not an option right now is there a way for vision sports members to for example take part in any, any online sessions they can do to keep keep, keep active and, and, and stay well look after health uh, you know over the different uh, lockdowns that we've, that we've been going through
3: yeah definitely definitely so i think in the last kind of snapshot we did from our our members we were really asking what what was the best what's the best thing we can do to actually support you and loads of people came back with online classes and um, so we've put together a series now and we have um they're starting actually this week and i think there may be a couple of places left but if not keep an eye on our pages because they're proving to be really popular so we might be releasing more of these kind of online exercise classes Great. so the ones we have starting at the moment are two days a week we have a cardio and resistance training and that is provided by a, a friend of Vision Sports called Helen <laughs> who's actually yeah. Jonica's girlfriend, so you can uh, <laughs> get about that I one like later. Um, yes. And we also have a set of mindfulness classes running. So it's a six-week program and it's in collaboration with Nature Therapy Island. So it's something a bit different, but again, it's, it's physical activity for the mind instead. But yeah, these are proving to be really popular. So it's something that I think we'll continue yep. to look at in the future because yep. it looks like uh, online classes and that kind of community and exercise yep. might be the way forward for a little while. Excellent.
0: Yeah. Uh, and how does someone get involved in those classes if someone wants to sign up? Who who they contact her? is their website they can go on to 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 sign up?
3: Yeah, yeah, of course. So probably the best way to keep up to date with what's going on in and around Vision Sports uh in a way of kind of group classes and events would be to follow our newsletter or hit us up on social yeah. media. We have we're on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. <laughs> so if you just search okay. Vision Sports, you'll be able to find us and there's constant updates kind of about things that are going on, whether that might be in your local community um, or through mm-hmm. Vision Sports itself. So our online classes and how to register will be on there. And if you need help then linking in, or you need, if, or you want to be linking in with a specific sport or you'd like some advice on something, please feel free yep. at any point in time to drop us an email. So we're just okay. visionsports at ncbi.ie. Um, or I'm sure if you get in contact with anyone in the labs team, they'll be able to forward on mm. uh, my details.
0: It certainly will, um, and just for some people who are listening in, maybe they have to have a friend or a friend or family member who would be interested in volunteering with Vision Sports. Is there an opportunity for them to do so?
3: Definitely. (laughs) We're a small team and I'd like to think that we pack a fairly strong punch, but it does mean we do. We are heavily reliant on volunteers. And and basically we love to have anyone involved that wants to be involved. So even during the pandemic, uh, when we were out in the parks with the programs, um, we got 25 new members over about a four week period of people that were just looking to come and get involved. Um, it's great, we love it. There's a whole range of kind of opportunities uh, where we're looking for people, and whether that's through fundraising or if it's through you know, your local club or you'd like to be directly involved. Um, so, for example, at our flagship events, we're always looking for people to help out with any number of um, jobs. So, definitely, if, you, if you'd like to volunteer, we will always accept the help.
0: <laughs> okay, well, that, that's really good to know. Uh, well, listen, thank you so much for joining us today and uh, telling us all about the work that Vision Sports are doing and, and, of course, how we can get involved in the different virtual classes that are due to start very soon. So, again, it's much appreciated.
3: Thanks
0: very much, guys. See Good you. luck. Thank you. OK, so I've heard about Vision Sports from Christina a moment ago, and we're now going to talk about some of the different types of accessible fitness device and apps, as well as some of the options available on smart speakers that we can use, too, uh, to stay fit and keep well. And to help with this, I'm going to now be joined by our panel of Sean, Daniel and Joe. To start with, we're going to be hearing about different types of device like a smartwatch, uh, which has become so popular in recent times. So I wonder, Joe, could you just give us a quick overview of exactly what is a smartwatch and what features it has to offer? Hi,
2: JP. How's it
0: going? Yeah,
2: um, yeah. So a smartwatch or a smart wearable. I suppose is, um, there's a the couple of most popular ones are uh, the Apple Watch and a Fitbit, a uh, yes. Fitbit Charge 4 and Fitbit Versa. So, yeah. they're, they're more popular ones. Um, yeah. There's yeah. also the Suno band, which is more for mobility. Yes. And it, it has a few things included, like a pedometer, and um, it can aid you in getting directions around and, and that kind of stuff, and it can track your... Uh, I, 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 look, uh, I suppose that's, that's a little bit different to a smartwatch, yeah. but you get the idea. So, I suppose... um. With, a, with an Apple Watch, it's mm. almost like an iPhone on your wrist. Mm. Um, you can get your notifications on the screen, um, your text messages, uh, your WhatsApp messages, your... Um, uh, it also can monitor your um, heartbeat. You can do ECG an ECG on it. Um, if you ever had a problem with your regular heartbeats, any of that kind of stuff, you know, it, it'll, yeah. it'll notify you. So, for example, if, you're, if you are if if you were stationary and your heartbeat was going above 140 beats per minute, the Apple Watch will let you know. Yeah. Uh, and, and if you were going under 40 beats per minute, the Apple Watch will also let you know, that kind of, that kind of thing. So yeah. you can see a lot of um, these, I suppose, uh, health insurance companies there given discounts in Apple Watches for uh, reasons like that. Yeah. It also has fall detection, so if you fail um, and you, were, you didn't get up, it would call 999, that kind of thing. But it can be, it's its very useful
0: as, as regards um, yeah. an accessory, so. Yeah, and, and perhaps it's, it's one of the more popular types of smartwatch for someone who maybe is using voiceover. Yeah,
2: exactly, and it includes voiceover, so yeah. Um, it reads everything back to you on the screen, and Siri is also integrated, so you can reply to your text messages using Siri. You can ask the watch questions using Siri to read out your notifications, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So um, you can even make phone calls on on the Apple Watch as long as your phone is nearby. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. um Speaker is quite good on it actually, but um, you can't listen to music on it because I think it drains the battery a little bit too quick, or yeah. or listen to audiobooks. But you yeah. could, you can connect your AirPods to it, you know. So. Yeah. Um, Yeah, that's the Apple Watch, uh, roughly, uh, and a breakdown. Um, So, the battery life would last you roughly a a day or a day and a half, I suppose. Yeah, Um, yeah, one other thing we missed there is um, is sleep tracking. You can track your sleep on it as well. So, we'll we'll say, moving on to the Fitbit, I suppose, they're a bit more scaled-down version of the Apple Watch. Um, Mm. Fitbit Charge 3 doesn't have any screen, so I suppose, uh, as you can understand, uh, a, bl- a blind or a vision impaired person can access it through the app on their phone. Mm. It it tracks your um, steps, distance walked, ran, that kind of stuff. Uh, um, how do you cycle? Uh, that that kind of thing. Um, also, you can track your sleep on them as well. But, and you can also connect the Fitbit app to your um, to your Alexa. So you, there's a Fitbit skill so you can, you can ask your Alexa, it just it'll save you, I suppose, going on your phone again, but you can ask your Alexa how m- many calories I've burned today, how, what distance have I walked, that kind of thing, you know? So, yeah. the, the, there's an also an, um, a Fitbit Versa 3, I think you you might be very familiar with that one, JP, I think you, it has Alexa built into it. Yeah, uh, that, that's why I do. I, do. I, I use a Fitbit Versa
0: 3 myself and um, it provides me with the various health stats that you went through a moment ago, um, like things like steps, uh, distance walked, uh, sleep and your heart rate and so on. Um, I know the Fitbit Watch has been around for a number of years, uh, but it's, yeah, it's worth pointing out that some of the latest versions, like the, the Versa 3, for example, comes with built-in Alexa and a Google Assistant. So besides watching, besides being able to ask your watch, you know, see the time, you can also ask your your, your watch and health stats and so on. Um, as you mentioned, there's a Fitbit app. Uh, it's available on iOS and Android. So I'm often on my phone making sure, you know, just to kind of looking through different, different stats there. So it goes directly to your mobile device. Um, and also, I say the Fitbit skill on the Echo, which I've tried, and that works pretty well. So asking Alexa things like, you know, your, your step count or how long you've slept or your heart rate and, and so on. And um, one of the interesting things I found about Fitbit um, recently, uh, it was actually bought out by Google. And um, it's actually for a fee of $2.1 billion. So it kind of goes it kind of highlights how, how popular
4: these, these smart wearables have become in recent times. Yeah, and it's it's, it's going to be I interesting think, to see. I think I think to yeah. note there, JP, with the, yeah. the the likes of the Fitbits, like they don't have like an inbuilt um, screen reader into them. So yeah. like that's why you yeah. need a nat- you need a native uh, screen reader on your phone to go to the app mm-hmm. on your phone to retrieve that. And like you said, you also have a skill on your Alexa. Yeah. So while some of these things are not sort of accessible on your arm and the uh, information that goes to your phone is accessible through your phone screen reader i think that's important for people to know it
0: yeah. is interesting particularly when you consider that the, the price difference between i suppose some of, some of the more expensive smartwatches watches and, and the fitbit so, yeah. like, like, so like what,
4: joe, what joe was saying there like uh, an apple watch can play music and it can connect to the internet it can do you know nearly anything like a, an iphone can do yeah. to a certain degree and like um then your fitbit counter steps in your heart rate and does other fitness tracking. Absolutely. So that's you know, there's, there's a, there is a difference there. Yeah, there is a difference
2: there, a there. And have to watch-
1: about the Apple after coming in guys, um, such a quite good one. So, uh, particularly this was when the expensive, uh, is taken into account like could two could two people share an Apple watch. Um, is it, I guess would it be easy to sign in and out with an Apple ID on it? Uh, has anyone looked at that?
2: Mm, sharing it, I don't know, but um, you can. You don't need to have. You can set up other people on a watch. You say, for example, you want to set your son up. He doesn't have to have a, an iPhone. You can set up two Apple watches from the one iPhone. I know that. Okay. Um, okay. So well, I if you see. if you want to set up somebody just under under the age of, we'll say, sixteen or whatever, and they don't have an iPhone yeah. or you don't want them to have a smartphone, but you you don't mind them having an Apple watch, maybe um, if, for for certain reason, just to help with their fitness or. It's something you you might want him to have. Um, at least you can set it up set it up for them. So yeah, that, that's a help. And it is it is
4: a big rigmarole, then you'd have to log out and log back in. And then mm-hmm. the person who's logged out, none of their steps will be recorded, none of their heart rates will be recorded. So you're actually, unless you're sitting idle for the rest of the day, like you're not going to get accurate readings at the end of the of the day mm-hmm. if you're if you're sharing a device like that. Yeah. 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 Oh, um, as, as well as like um, there is there is a bit
1: of food for thought in it, like that. That with what uh, Joe said there, that if you had one iPhone for two Apple Watches, that, that is a success. So maybe that That's could be an approach to be taken. Yeah.
2: That's the yeah. idea behind it. Like, you know, um, I set up a couple of profiles in, in the Apple Health app for um, uh, numerous family members that might might want an Apple Watch. Um, but going back to the Apple Watch, they, they recently brought out, well, I think it was last year, Apple Watch SE. So it's a cheaper model. I know cheap might be the wrong word, but it's cheaper than the. Um, Series 6. So, Apple Watch SE, it's, it's approximately €299 Euros the last time I checked. Um, all depends what kind of strap you get it and all that kind of stuff, but the basic model is €299 Euros and it does everything that the Series 6 does, except for um, the oxygen, it doesn't read your oxygen levels and um, it doesn't have the always-on display. And always-on display isn't that important if you can't see the display in the first place, so I wouldn't stress about that, but they look exactly the same and the battery life is exactly the same and also the speed of the watch. The the processor speed is the exact same. So um, if you you weren't interested in the oxygen, reading your oxygen levels, um, which at the moment, a lot of people reckon it is is not that useful at the moment, but it's more the potential in the future that they're trying to build towards, and that's why Apple are including it. Um, So I think Apple Watch SE is a great choice if you're thinking of going that direction.
4: And JP, I was just saying, I also, I use, yeah. An Android watch. So um while the watch Apple Watch is a Watch OS, uh Android watches are Wear OS, it's a very different and much yeah. better name. <laughs> but uh right. But it's a, it's a, it's similar to the Apple Watch in terms of like there's a play there's a Play Store on I can download different apps I can download different fitness apps I can yeah. turn on TalkBack onto it and use TalkBack okay. with it and likewise there any anything that's recorded onto the watch is recorded onto my phone so therefore on my phone whether I need to use magnification or TalkBack I can access the same data that's on the watch yeah. and the watch also natively has TalkBack
2: yeah, yeah. there is also a theory out there that um, by having an Apple Watch it makes you go on your phone less because you get all those. Well, some people might call them useless uh, notifications from the likes of Facebook or Twitter, and there's <laughs> hundreds of them or whatever. Um, at least I know with the Apple Watch, you can swipe them away. If you pick up your <laughs> iPhone, you'll end up. You might end up mindlessly mindlessly scrolling through social networks for half an hour, and, and at least it might take away from the addiction of that as well. Another, I, another, another I noticed a bad. I noticed a bad habit, uh, Joe. When I when I first got a
4: smartwatch, anytime I got, like a text message or a notification. I'd raise my wrist to read if, to, if it was important enough, you know, to, to, but anyone who I was talking to in person thought I was checking my watch yeah. to see Thank when is this know. conversation <laughs> going to end. <laughs> <laughs> so <Just like> that. <laughs> it's, it's, it's introduced a whole load of new social faux pas for me. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and Donald, you have a smartwatch as well as a Samsung, is that right?
1: I do, yeah, I have the Samsung now. It's only the first generation one. Um,
0: Ah the features quite similar to the kind of the features that we, we talked about earlier with the say the Fitbit, the Apple watch, and the the Android watch that that Sean has the similar kind of features.
1: Yeah, very similar features. and from an accessibility point of view, it has um the screen reader on it as well. Um, i've I've given a bit of a, a a raw test and found it you know quite good. Uh, now it is, as I say, it is the first generation of the Samsung watch, and know there's two more since. So just one thing I would say that was a little bit disappointing if I was uh, reliant on ViceOver is that I would need site's assistance to just set it up the once off. Yeah. Um, now we're not sure if Samsung have addressed that in the in the other two models, but um, when you're powered on first definitely, you know, straight out of the box you would need somebody to get you to set and yeah. switch on the ViceOver on us. So that would be a small little um drawback from, from from Samsung there. Uh, but yeah. other than that, yeah, it, it's quite good. Your notifications come yes. through. You can do the calls through it. Um, the heart rate monitor is on it. Steps is on it. Um, you know, lots and lots of the features that are universal as was across all the models we've been discussing today. OK, excellent.
2: Is it waterproof? Is it waterproof? Um, uh, Daniel? I mean- this
1: particular one. Um, there's a setting in it that if you feel it has got wet, you activate this water uh, thing and it tells you to take the wash off and shake it out. So <laughs> I, I'm guessing that it's only water resistant maybe and if you're worried that you've jumped into the swimming pool with on it. Um
2: yeah, you won't be using it for swimming. I think Apple Watch is, anyway, it is waterproof. You can you can swim with the Apple Watch and it will track your, your swimming as well. I suppose
0: Honestly, this this could be a very good opportunity as well to bring to bring Donica McCarthy into the conversation. So, um, while we're talking about accessible different types of accessible fitness tech. Uh, I know Donica as um, a very experienced uh, user of different devices of different technologies that he uses in his in his day training. As I mentioned earlier, he is a member of Vision Sports Ireland, and at the moment he is training for a place in the Paralympic Games in Tokyo this August. And so, Donica, you're you're very welcome to the show. Uh, yeah, thanks very much. JP, good, to so, yeah. good to have you with us. So first off, Danica, is it likely that we're going to have the Paralympic Games taking place in August, with, with everything that's going on, the <laughs> uh, I don't
5: know if I one to comment on that. But, um, <laughs> fingers, yeah, crossed. <laughs> fingers crossed. Fingers yeah, yeah, crossed, yeah. I think as far as everyone's concerned, um, the, the plan is for the Games to go ahead. So, yeah, um, yeah. yeah so yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm training for as if they are anyway. So Great.
0: Donica, I wonder if you, before we start talking about the tech that you use, could you tell us a little bit about your your, your yourself and your background if you don't mind?
5: Uh yeah, sure. So um I suppose just for, for anyone who doesn't know me, my name my name is Donica. So I'm from from Cork, living in Dublin at the moment and work full time with, with Vodafone. Um so as you mentioned, um I'm also Training for for the Paralympics later this year, so I compete in para triathlon. So, um, I'm a member of the the triathlon H- Ireland, the high performance team there. So, great.
0: Right, right. and, and sorry, Donica, for some people who are listening in, and um, the triathlon. What kind of uh, like what what different uh, events or how, how what kind of events are consistent are of in the triathlon? So, how how does it work? Does it swim? Yeah, so it, started off with a swim? yeah so it starts with um,
5: a swim. Then a bike then a run um so the, the distance i compete in it's it's called sprint distance yeah. so it's a 750 meter swim 20k bike and a 5k run and i'm i'm totally blind so i com- compete in the event with with a guide mm-hmm. so they they go through the whole event with me so obviously in the swim um we're tethered and the bike section is competed on a tandem
0: yeah. then running wise where we use the Tether as well, so. Okay, excellent. And just going back to the technology, Tony, um, mm. can, can you tell us about the different types of accessible fitness device that you would use yourself and, and how they benefit your training?
5: Yeah, so um, I'm primarily an Apple user. Um, so, the the device I primarily use is uh, is actually an Apple Watch. So, the, the guys there have actually gone through quite a, quite a few features yep. on it. Okay. So um, just for me, I, I primarily use the, the watch for swimming and running. Um, so obviously to count my in- intervals and um, workouts in the pool, and then obviously for running to to make sure I'm staying on on par for my sessions with yeah. pace and and heart rate. And then for the bike, I uh, training wise, I I complete most of my sessions on a. It's an indoor trainer, and um, I just use my phone to connect to that, so that reads out the stats like my, my heart rate and power mm-hmm. and stuff
0: like that. So I'm, I'm able to, suppose, keep to the sessions prescribed. Okay. And do you have an app that you use on your phone? Do I for that?
5: Yeah, so I actually use um, uh, Wahoo Fitness is the the name of the app. So. Um, the, the trainer I use, it's actually, it's called a Wahoo kicker. So um, basically the, f- the phone connects to that via the app and then um, you're able to uh, stick a bike on that turbo trainer and then it, it reads out so you your power and um, connect a heart rate monitor so it reads out your heart rate as well. So uh, depending on the sessions
0: I have, I can I can monitor those stats, you know. Yeah. and. As uh, 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 one question, that you maybe could just confirm for us: is the is the Apple Watch waterproof, fully waterproof, then for your swimming? It is, yeah, I can attest to that. <laughs> okay, that's good. So, um,
5: yeah, so like I, I know there's um there's an inbuilt within the workout um, app on on the Apple Watch. You can do there's either pool swim or open water swim. So obviously for me. Um, triathlons, you you compete in open water rather than the pool. So, um, during the yeah. summer, obviously, I, I can use that for outdoor swimming and during the winter then in the pool. So, that, yeah. it works perfectly in both both yeah. environments. Okay.
0: Uh, and, Don, just generally speaking, like, how much do you think this technology has, has evolved since you first started training? So, like, say, with new apps that have come out and new wearables and that kind of
5: thing? Yeah, yeah, like, it, it, it's come on a lot, like, um, there's just so many different, I suppose, external gadgets now and stuff you can get for Joe, you know, monitoring stuff like your <laughs> you can get really detailed into it if you want, like to monitoring your your foot strike when you're running or um monitoring your your sleep tracking, your your heart rate variability, all this kind of stuff. So I think yeah. since since I started trading maybe back in twenty sixteen, like um I I'm not sure what generation of Apple watch is out at that stage, but might have been only the second generation yeah. um but I think it's it's more what third party um options are out there that that can integrate with the watch is, is yeah. really improved it so like um like the watch itself um the the workout yeah. apps on it are are good, but they're probably a little bit basic um but then there's, there's so many third party options out there um, and app developers to, I suppose, you can install them as, as separate apps on the watch and then yeah. use them in, in your training. So you can, I suppose, look into stuff in, in a lot more detail and, and get a lot more specific information
0: out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. So uh, clearly then, like, there's, there's, there's obviously like significant benefits of using an Apple Watch over as a standard like, wristwatch, isn't there, for, for someone who, who's training? Uh, yeah,
5: well yeah, definitely. And like for me, um I suppose like I know there's there's other fitness watches out there that athletes use like Garmin and um Polar and stuff like that, but like obviously the Apple Watch, um for me it's it's accessible and just just easy to use and I'm able to get all the information I need out of it. And really for me that's that's um probably the most important thing is just keeping things as as yeah. simple as possible,
0: you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and Donica, are there any particular types of accessible fitness uh like devices mm-hmm. you'd recommend to someone who has sight loss, maybe who's not familiar with the different types of apps and smart wearables <laughs> that are that are out there? Maybe someone who's just starting uh, off.
5: Yeah, like um I suppose just for starting off, like I I know the the Apple Watch is it's quite an expensive, um, I suppose piece of, of the equipment. But um like there's a lot of apps out there for for the iPhone as well. So you can um do like seven minute workouts and uh different core workouts and okay. um like even on, on YouTube, like that's all accessible via the uh the iPhone as well and, and there's loads of online workouts there and similar like you've you mentioned Alexa um already and there's um there's loads of guided workouts on that too. So like yeah. there there's loads of options there for people starting out. Um for me personally I think like if, if fitness is something you want to get into seriously and um, <laughs> you actually want want to make a part of your life, I I, I, I do really do recommend the Apple Watch. I think it's um yeah. I suppose what's inbuilt in it already is is really useful. And um, like, um, Apple are very good from an accessibility point of view. So accessibility is always at the forefront. So there's no, I suppose, messing around or trying to come up with workarounds to make make stuff work. So it just just works out of the box, which is uh, really good.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Danica, have you heard of the, the Peloton bike now that comes with um, Android built into it. It, it. it's a stationary bike like for for home mm-hmm. training. But it has it has like a, a tablet mounted to the front, which you know visual people will just click and touch whatever needs to be done. But you can also turn mm-hmm. on talk back in the background so you can navigate through the screen, set your program, set listen to all your recordings, um, get all the feedback you need. Mm-hmm. But I think that's I think that's a great step that companies are providing that in the background for everyday everyday devices. I know it is it's 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 a gym level price for a bike like that, Um, but it's a step in the right direction because maybe all home devices then will have maybe something like that built into it or if you attend the gym, there's no reason why you couldn't have that. Talk back or voiceover. Turned yeah. on.
5: yeah, exactly. And like there is there's other I suppose <clears throat> commercial grade equipment out there like um, what bike is another one. Um, mm. I've used that in the gym myself and. It has an app uh, for the iPhone that connects to the bike, so you can read off all your your stats, and um, um, like that's that's really accessible as well. And like as I mentioned, what I use myself, Wahoo, um, like uh, all their equipment links to the iPhone, and um, they're they're very responsive as well to making sure that the app on the
4: iPhone and the apps that they use are, are accessible and uh, suppose, especially for, with VoiceOver, you know. I suppose just how like technology is becoming smarter, everything has some sort of operating system built into it. Now like we discussed on previous live events how televisions, will, like uh, the Samsung television, will have a screen reader built into it. And it's not an Android operating system, it's not a, a an Apple operating system, but they have put a screen reader in the same with the, the Peloton bike. So hopefully, like, like we're saying there in the future, all companies would, would consider as I suppose it's creating awareness of the
2: need for it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hello, Donica there. Joe here. Um, outside of fitness, um, what do you find the Apple Watch most useful for?
5: Um, like, say, outside of fitness, like, um, like, I do find it very useful from, um, I suppose, just Tracking my sleep, and I do listen to quite a lot of audio books on it. Um, just even general timers. So if I'm around the house, if I'm doing a bit of cooking, I can just activate Siri on it and ask it to set a timer or um, an alarm on my watch. Um, they're probably the, the things I find most useful. Um, yeah. To be honest, I don't use it a whole pile for for notifications um, because when I'm training. I don't want notifications constantly popping up in my wrist, telling me of WhatsApp or Facebook or anything like that. So I have that all switched off. But um, I think from from that point of view, like it it can be very useful for that as well. As you mentioned, um, it's very easy to, to get distracted by social media if you're looking at notifications on your phone, whereas on the watch at least you can have a quick glance and dismiss it straight away, you know.
0: True. Excellent. Thanks. Great. No uh, problem. Yeah, well Donica, thanks very much for, for joining us today and giving us an insight into your training and the different technology that you, you use to, to complement that. Um, so we'd like to wish every bit of success in your training and competitions over the next few months. And all going well, we'll see you in the Paralympic Games over in Tokyo in August. Yeah, fingers crossed. Thanks very much yeah. for having me on. That's best luck, Danica. Thanks, thanks Danica. So uh, we're now gonna turn to our tech QA. I understand we've received two questions that we're going to answer today and um, I think we're going to have uh, Sean and Daniel join us for this So the first question um, was from someone who was asked. Is there an easy way to find out whether you will need to pay custom charges when online shopping on UK websites and other websites outside of the EU? Well, the the short short answer
4: is there's no easy way, but (laughs) um, it's. It's checking the website itself, like things, things like Amazon now currently, uh, for the next few months, if if a if a if an item is under twenty euro, you don't pay VAT at all, and you end up actually saving money on an item that's twenty euro or, or less uh, for the next few weeks anyway. Yeah. And then above above that, then you will pay VAT on it and then above i think uh, is it 90 euro or above, above 100 euro then you pay import duty on it so okay. it, it is it is checking these websites so we know like that amazon currently you know you don't pay that less tw- uh, less than 20 uh, euro over that there you're paying VAT on top of that and then if it's you know a high ticket item if it's expensive you will be paying import duty and amazon take import duty off you up front so you pay import duty through their checkout basket and yeah. um, while other websites you know they won't charge you import duty it'll be sent by the courier or the post office whoever's delivering it and then it could end up through customs and then it could just float through customs you don't get charged or you know if they inspect it and say well this is actually cost such and such can you please send me your uh, your invoice for this or how much you paid for this and then they'll charge you customs on top of that so websites that you pay customs up front it's quicker there's no messing around but then there's also the chance that you, you know, I mean, when you order through some other sites, there's a chance that you don't have to pay customs. It's very slim. I prefer just to pay it up front so there's no delay in something coming.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I feel the same. Yeah, yeah. But, that,
4: but, but but just to answer the question, like, um, you do kind of have to check with the website their policy, like are they charging this and that, and um, each website's going to be different. It's 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 kind of a messy few weeks now. It regs has mm. been introduced mm. and there's. Delays on our own products coming into NCBI. There's delays in products everywhere being shipped, and until this is all worked out, we don't have a clear answer. I
2: was Um, just going to say that, Sean, a lot of products have become unavailable at the moment because of Brexit. I think it's to do with the red tape that has to be gone through, and companies aren't going through with it at the moment, you know? I, I, I
4: think so, Joe. So even like if we're ordering in digital magnifiers or laptops or computers and like, you know, there, there's, there's an extra delay on products now currently because of Brexit and because the organizations and the companies that sell these things are still kind of working this out.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. OK, so we might have to watch this space as well. Yeah, that's exactly. Oh, hopefully, that's it,
1: hopefully it'll settle down over, over the, you know, the coming weeks and months as um, companies probably as well as to get used to the procedures and things get settled down, it, it might, yeah. might solve
0: itself. Absolutely. okay okay so another question that we received last week is is there a shortcut to check the battery level on your laptop in windows 10 the first is doesn't specify whether they're a screen reader user um but that's a question that we received and daniel you, you were looking into this as well um for this week
1: yeah there's um there's two ways of getting to it um probably the most familiar and even if you weren't a windows 10 user that you'd hold on the windows key and and press the B and just keep arrowing across right. Um sometime, you know, depending many icons are there, but you'll eventually get across to the battery and it'll it'll tell you whether you're fully charged or in charging and it'll give you a percentage readout as well. Um you can go a wee bit more on a Windows 10 laptop, you can go a wee bit more into the battery itself if you hit the start button, type in battery and hit enter. It'll also bring you in there to give you a breakdown, I suppose, of what apps and programs. Running that are um, using using the most power and battery um, level. so that that might be a handy thing to know. You know, maybe there's something running in the background that's uh, eating eating the battery a little bit more than you'd like, and maybe if it wasn't necessary, you could switch that. Uh, you could switch that app off, uh, which is nice to know as well. Right. Um, so as suppose as two ways of couple ways to do it. Okay. Two ways of getting to the one thing. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Thanks for going to that, Daniel. Nice one. Um, so just for moving on to our quick uh, uh, tech tips this week, um, I think Sh- Sean and Daniel have uh, some tips prepared for us in relation to using uh, the router in Voiceover, and right. also a gesture for navigating headings with Talkback on Android devices.
4: But that's correct, JP. So, um, like we were discussing last week about navigating and like swiping from left to right. I suppose, like, for people who are familiar with screen reader users, that's kind of like um, akin to tabbing and shift tabbing. So, swipe left is tab, and swipe, sorry, swipe from left to right is tab, and swipe from right to left is like shift tab. So, like, and you're moving through the elements on the screen. So, if you're on a website, you know, to start with lots and lots of menus, and you're in and out of them before you get to the body of the text, before you get to the first heading in the text. So if you're a screen reader user on a a keyboard, we know we press H to go to heading and we can jump straight to that heading. So on an iPhone, we can also do that by turning the rotor. So it's putting two fingers on the screen and turning as if you're turning a radio dial. And that will move uh, from the from the selectable elements So, it might say like headings, links, uh, speaking rate. And whatever one you land on will be the next item when you swipe up or down. So if I turn the rotor to headings and I'm on a website and I swipe down, I will jump to the next heading. If I swipe down again, I'll jump to the heading after that. If I swipe up, then I'll jump to the previous heading. So moving the rotor, it's like turning a dial on the screen. It takes a bit of practice. It's two fingers and you turn and the fingers move in opposite direction slightly, just as if you were holding a real radio dial. And that will so that will turn the rotor and the rotor will have different options for depending on which app you have open. Um, like you could have you could, you could set the containers and it would jump to the containers in the website like um, tabs and maybe like calendar um, items and things like that depends on what way the website's laid out. But then um, Android have a similar process, but slightly different. So while swiping left, right and Android is the same as tabbing and shift tabbing. There's no rotor on the Android, so when you swipe up or down, you move through a list. So if I swipe up, it'll say like links. So if I swipe up again, it'll be headings. If I swipe up again, it could be container. So if it was, if I swiped up until I heard headings, now swiping left to right will move through headings. I then have to swipe up and down again to get back to normal navigation. Mm-hmm. So it's an extra step in Android, but it's once you're used to it, it's very quick. But the rotor you know, whatever you leave the rotor on last within that app, it'll remember. So if it's on headings, it'll stay in headings. While on Android, I have to go back to swiping up or down to go back to the normal navigation.
2: Right.
4: So it's a very, it's a very useful thing for speeding up navigation throughout websites. Because like I said, you could be at the top of a website, and you know you have to before you get to the news item, you have to sw- swipe thirty times to go through every menu item that's there. Yeah. While I know if I can swipe down, go straight to a heading. Great, OK, so it could save us a lot of of time. That's what it's all about, yeah, absolutely. Just get more efficient uh, moving through the
0: information. Awesome, thanks, Sean. Great, OK, so before we finish, we'd like to announce the winners of our competition for an Amazon Echo and uh, Blindshell Classic mobile phone. Um, So we have one of these prizes for each winner. I'd like to thank everyone who took part in our our competition. Uh, by entering a live event survey. So we did receive a a high number of responses and all the feedback that we received is greatly appreciated as it's going to be, it's going to allow us to continue to improve and develop our live events in the future. So having drawn the two winners names from a hat a moment ago, we'd like to say congratulations to Edvard Novaka from Cluny in Dublin, who has won himself an Amazon Echo, and Martin Kelly from Newbridge in Kildare, who has won himself a Blindshell Classic mobile phone so congratulations to Edward and Martin. Your prizes will be on the way to you soon. And then, Just as a reminder, if you have any technology support queries at the Electric Labs team, you can, um, you can contact us at 1850 92 30 60, or you can email labs at ncbi.ie, or to avail of our wider services, you can call us on 1850 33 43 53, or email info. At NCBI.ie. If you'd like to make a donation to NCBI, you can visit our donate.ncbi.ie website or even if you would like to sponsor one of our live events, you can send us an email to labs at ncbi.ie. Uh, so coming up over the next few weeks, uh, we're going to be discussing our live events, uh, different things, including the accessible Acorn smart tablet. We'll be taking a look at different types of blind shell mobile phones. We'll have an interview with the developers of uh, of NVDA, uh, from NV Access on the talk about the popular uh, screen reader. We'll also be finding out about a new tactile handheld tablet that has been developed by a tech startup called Field of Vision. That's gonna help blind and vision impaired people uh, track and visualize live sports uh, matches. So all of this to come over the next few weeks. Uh, the next live event is gonna be taking place on Tuesday, February 2nd at 2.30 p.m. That's next Tuesday. Um, just as a reminder, the technology newsletter goes out every Friday and you can keep up to date with what's coming up and all the future live events and be kept informed of the latest technology news for people with sight loss if you wanna subscribe. You can do so by uh, emailing us at labs.ncbi.ie or visiting our website, www.ncbi.ie. So all that's left me to do today is to thank our panel of Sean, Daniel and Joe, our guests Christina and Donica and of course everyone for listening in as well. So take care everyone and we look forward to having you back next week for another NCBI Labs live event.